0: On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into what might be wrong with the Thunder offense, talk about that game against the Dallas Mavericks. How did the Thunder uh, perform in that game? How did they lose that game? And what went wrong and right for the Thunder against the Dallas Mavericks on today's Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network? Your teams every day.
1: Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N. Underscore STILES. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO and email the show. LO ThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 362 7128. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks, we're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Dallas Mavericks. The Thunder get outplayed with a lukuless Mavericks team. Moses Brown goes off. Everything was bad Sunday, and they have two days now to regroup, recover, and refocus for a Wednesday game against the Pelicans, which will have a lot of importance, of course with the standings where the Pelicans are playing right now uh, without Zion Williamson. So with this game, again, the show's brought to you by uh, price picks price picks is incredible. Check it out at PricePicks.com. Use our code NBA to get uh, the app downloaded in your app store or at the website. And you can get a huge bonus on your first deposit with price picks. It's a daily fancy sport uh, app made easy for you to consume and use. It's awesome. Uh, go check out price picks. Now with this game, Luca was out. Sterling Brown was out. Willie Colley-Stein was out. The Thunder were absolutely and totally, fully healthy. They could have used anyone that they wanted to. They decided not to use Aaron Wiggins, uh, Vic Krejci, Gabriel Deck, Isaiah Roby, and Paul Watson Jr. Uh, Those players did not play for the Thunder. Lou Dort, of course, left this game with a sprained ankle. He is still day to day on that sprained ankle. However, the the team started out the same way, of course, SGA, Lou Dort, uh, Josh Goody, Dearest, Baisley, JRE. The Mavericks started out with Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finley-Smith, and stops Porzingis. So how did the Thunder lose this game to the Mavericks that did not have Luka Doncic? And even whenever they have had Luka this season, they've not been that otherworldly offense. They've not been good defensively. They've, they've kind of struggled to find their stride, although most of the NBA has struggled to find their stride, so uh, you know in the Western Conference at least. So the margin of error in the standings is still very, very slim, and the Mavericks are still having a, a good season at, five, at 500, above 500 now with these wins over the uh, Thunder, and uh, they won again on their back-to-back with the Hornets. Now, coming into this game, I was saying to you after the Lakers game, the Mavericks don't rebound well. They do not defend well. Uh, And and their offense is not that historic pace it was once whenever they had Luca, of course, and KP working together very well. I mean, they had one of the best offenses ever uh, a couple years ago with their Carlisle. And Jason Kidd's offense is taking a step back a little bit, still trying to find the groove, and you're seeing Kristaps post up more uh, and do more things inside the arc. Uh, than being that traditional stretch five that the, that the Mavericks once had him playing. And so this should have been a game where the Thunder had a chance to win and, and the Thunder uh, really should have kept it close. I mean, I, I bet the Thunder in this game plus four, uh, obviously it did not hit because the Thunder struggled to score 85 points in this one shot to Andrew Schleck. The Thunder lost 103 to 84. And this was a game where uh, there's just no excuse for it. I, I mean, this is a team that lost by you know, 70 plus points to the Memphis Grizzlies, but at least there was, um, at least there was kind of a reason for that, right? Like there was, it was logical and explainable. Of course, you never want to lose by 70 points. You never want to get down that big. Uh, you know, at some point, practice to kick in and you have to play some defense at the end of the game. But nonetheless, there were at least some sort of issues there. One you didn't have your leaders and Kenneth Williams and SGA and Josh Giddy and you were missing all of those key pieces to your roster in that game. In this game, you were absolutely and totally and fully healthy and the Mavericks weren't and you still couldn't even uh, get going at home on a Sunday as a Sunday evening. And that was disappointing for everybody involved. And, and you could tell that the players were disappointed. You can tell that Mark was disappointed. Mark was out there just saying after the game, look, we did not come prepared. We're not play well. We didn't play hard. We didn't play our style of basketball. And it led to this. It led to this right here. And, and this is probably one of the most, disappointing games of the season so far for the thunder and that's saying a lot considering they lost by 73 points to memphis but still um when you play a team that's bad defensively to play a team that's has a bad a bad rebounding team as big as they are typically of course the thunder kind of counteracting them by being also very small compared to the mavericks being very big um and the fact that you couldn't score 85 plus points against this team that that their head coach is openly admitting for the entire public to, to hear we're not built to play defense. We're just going to hope our threes go down because we can't play defense. He literally said uh, those words after the game. "Quote: well, we're not built to play defense, end quote. That's what he said. He admitted it as they struggled to play defense this year, and you still couldn't score above 84 points. Now, obviously, the Thunder are not a great offensive team, and that's no, uh, that's no shock to anybody. They're, of course, one of the lowest-rated offenses in the entire NBA and have been for the last two years. But the biggest problem that I saw with this game, just for me, was the pace for the Thunder. The Thunder are built to be this young, uh, fast team, and they're very versatile, and they're not playing with a a traditional big that would uh, usually slow down teams, of course. And yet still, they let shot clocks expire and get down very low where you did force up shots, and they never really push the pace. The whole idea of this team, if you go back to media day, and you go back to training camp, was at the... At the roster that it currently stands at, every one of the team can get a rebound and push the pace. They can get a rebound, push, 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 and transition. And in this game, there were zero fast break points for either team. This was a very slow game. And the Thunder, as a whole, this year, are 16th in pace. Last year, they were 7th in pace, according to NBA.com, and their advanced uh, advanced stats page. The Thunder are just playing too slow, in my opinion, especially in a matchup like this. We are playing a bigger team, and, and they don't have Luka Doncic, and you really need to get out on top of somebody. That should be the beauty of playing with no traditional center. That should be the beauty of playing with a young team where you can run the floor, sprint the floor. You have all these playmakers. You have all these ball handlers. You should be able to get out in transition and get easy buckets because we know this team is not talented enough, and that should be no shock against anybody because they're one of the worst teams in the NBA offensively. We know that they're not talented enough to play a half-court style and truly go out there and and out-execute you. They just do not have enough scores. They don't have enough offensive weapons yet. And they're building out this roster, and eventually they will uh, get to that point. But right now, their offense is limited, especially in the half-court setting. So you need to find ways to exploit defenses, and you need to find creative ways to get baskets. And one of those ways is by whoever gets a rebound, you're now the point, the quote-unquote point guard, so to say. You're pushing the floor. Everybody else is running with you. We're in transition now, and we have numbers now, even after a made shot or after a rebound, because we are just faster than the other team, especially a team like the the Mavericks that are playing two, three bigs sometimes. I did not like the pace. I've not enjoyed the pace overall this season, but especially it's Dallas whenever nothing else was working anyway. I, I think that it might be a missed opportunity that this team's not running with more pace considering that's kind of what they're built for, in my opinion. Uh, but obviously Sam Presti and Mark and all of them know more about basketball than I do. I just think that this team should be moving a little faster. I'd like to see it. I mean, because because what they're doing right now uh, isn't working either. So it doesn't really, uh, it's not like this is working uh, and, and, We're just trying to change things for the sake of changing. I mean, this is not working at all so far uh, offensively, and you don't score 85 points against the Dallas Mavericks, who are, by their own head coach's admission, not built to play defense. The Thunder were also out-rebounded by the the Mavericks 54-39. to Uh, Dallas shot 42% from the floor. The Thunder shot 37%. The Thunder actually shot 35% from three, and Dallas only shot 27% from three, but it did not actually end up mattering. Uh, The Mavericks scored 50 points in the paint, and this is where the coaches and the players after the game harped on the Mavericks scored 50 points in the paint and the Thunder only scored 20 points. And they've been working through that painted area. They've been working at mid range on spraying out shots for three uh, and being, and trying to work their offense through the paint. And they only scored 20 points. Uh, The Mavericks won the second chance point battle 15 to seven. And again, there was no transition buckets, no fast break points according to NBA.com in this game. None. That is an indictment to me of the Thunder and, and, and their offense and not pushing the pace in this game. And whenever they did get in half-court situations, to me, they did not take advantage of the, of the Mavericks' lack of defense. They never once put Moses Brown, who they know very well, by the way, from last year, in a pick-and-roll action. We know Moses Brown cannot defend in space. Moses Brown is a hard worker. He's a good player. Uh, he's going to stick around for a long time as a gimmicky kind of uh Change of pace players, he changed the pace in this game, but you also know his limitations, and he has them. He's not a superstar, he's not a star, he's not an all star. He has limitations, and the limitation is defending the high post, defending in space, and being mobile defensively. And he's done a really good job of trying to change his game. He's been working with Tyson Chandler from the moment he stepped foot in Dallas. I mean, literally, the day he got traded to Dallas and the day he landed in Dallas, he's been working with Tyson Chandler, a Thunder legend and a great big man defensively, defensive player of the year kind of player. So he's he's improved, and he's been slow-played, like Poposhevsky this year, he's been slow-played by Jason Kidd, and, and much to the chagrin of Mavericks fans who want to see him play a ton more, but he got a shot tonight, he played a season-high in minutes, and the Thunder, who know him backwards and forwards, decided not to exploit him defensively. And when they did drive down there and let him stay around the rim, he did a good job of altering shots, he took away Josh Kidd's floater a few times, and even though he didn't get blocks, he did a really good job of altering the shots, but still... All that can be avoided by just simply a pick and roll, which again, this versatile team should be able to do. You should be able to have anybody be a screener, anybody be a ball handler, and just get any switching matchup you want to out in space with Moses Brown. But they chose not to do that, and that was kind of uh, interesting, to say the least. I think that this offensive game plan was just not there. I think that the energy was not there. I think that nothing was there in this game, and this is as... Bad, of course, not on the scoreboard, but in terms of production, as the Memphis game because you had all your horses. You had everybody healthy. I know Lou Dort only played 15 minutes, but still, everyone for the most part was healthy in this game entering and also throughout the duration of the game, and you still couldn't even get 90, 100 points or even win the game or keep it close with the Mavericks who lack defense. But let me know if this sounds familiar to you. You've got one device lets you catch the game on your phone live. Another device lets you stream your favorite shows. You've got sport highlights on your phone and your neighbor's best friend login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get your entertainment together and no hassle, and that's a great way to finally hear with your TV together at DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV plus on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contracts. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. That's TV Stream at DirecTV.com. DirecTV.com, TV Stream, compatible devices required.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. And thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Your second listen, go check out Locked On NBA for a total scope of what's happening nationally around the NBA landscape, so make sure you go check that out as well. Uh, just a bad game all around for the Thunder. Uh, each team had four players in double figures. Moses Brown, again, had a season high in minutes and points, uh, 15 points in this game, six rebounds and a steal in two blocks, and only one missed shot. And again, you can tell the development for Moses Brown from his time with Tyson Chandler as his kind of personal coach, got the duration of the offseason, the training camp period, and into the season. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the Thunder should have kept Moses Brown around. Yes. I think Moses Brown would have helped this team out this year, but the bigger picture long-term if Moses Brown's your best option at center two years on the line, three years on the line next year, you did something wrong. You have failed in some way in this rebuild. And so again, would it help this year's team? Sure. But what's more valuable long-term is either playing JRE a lot or playing Moses Brown a lot. I think JRE playing a lot is a lot more beneficial, even though, I think Moses Brown would result in more wins in general this year. That's not what the season's about. So I'm not going to sit here and act like Moses Brown matters for uh, the Thunder rebuild or if they lost Moses Brown or whatever the case is, uh, because they've been able to fill that void uh, pretty well with, of course, Derek favors, Mike Scala, and JRE. And again, I don't think Moses Brown's a long-term starter or even a long-term impactful player. I think he's a switch of pace, big man like Boban who uh, is a fan favorite works really hard, uh, tries to tries his best to develop all throughout his career. But ultimately you can only play him in certain matchups. He's not going to be a part of your true lock it in playoff rotation. He'll play against certain teams and in certain moments of, of playoff games and playoff series, but he's not going to be a starting center. He's not going to be a, a sixth or seventh man. And I think that JRE has a possibility. I think that he really does. So I'd rather invest in, in JRE. And again, if you don't get a better center than, than Moses Brown or JRE uh, for the completion of this rebuild, something went wrong and your rebuild is going to take a lot longer than, than uh, you think. So it doesn't really matter that the Thunder do not have Moses Brown uh, again, season high in minutes, which of course leads to a season high in points. We know Moses Brown can put up counting stats. We saw it all last year whenever he gets opportunity seven, two. So that's, what's going to happen. I, I think that uh, just saying, Oh, season high in points is a little bit misleading because it's just the fact that the, that the Mavericks have not played him very often this year. But good for him. I mean, I'm sure it feels good to get whatever sort of revenge game uh, that you want to call it against the Thunder. And the Thunder are open about how they are rooting for him and always will root for him, and they hope that they've made him a better player. I think that they have. Um, I mean, obviously, you go look at his trajectory from UCLA to Portland at the Thunder. The Thunder gave him that shot, and he should, I'm sure, is uh, grateful for that shot. And now he's getting to work with Dallas, who's investing in him. And we'll see what Dallas can do because, to me, uh, if Dallas – cannot elevate him to a stature above a gimmicky player in that sense of a change of place player that if they cannot elevate him into that rotational key long-term, then nobody can, because he has all the tools. He has the Texas legends. He has Tyson Chandler and he has a great work ethic. There's no doubt about that in my mind that Moses Brown's a hard worker and a great person in terms of basketball player, uh, learning how to play basketball, caring about his craft. So, if he can't become a rotational player in Dallas, he can't become one anywhere. I think that the, that the Mavericks with Tyson Chandler at their disposal might be a better spot to vote Biggs than the Thunder, for Moses Brown's sake. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes long-term. I just still think he'll be a nice player that sticks around the NBA for a while, but is ultimately just used in kind of situational uh, moments in, in this game. And, and really, you got thrust into the action and it was the first player off the bench, quote unquote, but it was only because uh, of Dwight Powell. I think he lost a contact or something had to come out of the game. Moses Brown got thrown in there and then he had two good possessions. And so Jason Kidd said, you know what? Let's keep playing them after, after we run our course in the rotation and get uh, Dwight Powell back out there. So it was, it was fun to see Moses Brown playing again. Uh, I, I do like Moses Brown a lot, but it's not something to get worked up about in general whenever you put some thought into it and some logic into it. Uh, in this game, they didn't play well, and there's not much to talk about for the Thunder's sake because, I mean, the veteran trio helped him, helped him out a little bit. I mean, they, they you know, Derek Favors had seven points, five rebounds, three for three shooting. Mike Muscala had three for four from the floor, two threes, a rebound, eight points. And Kenny Hustle played some nice defense, two assists, and a rebound. But that's really your headline for this entire, entire game, and that's what's so frustrating about the Thunder play on Sunday is because against a bad defensive team, your biggest headline should not have been, ah, you know, Derek Favors was all right. Muscala was all right. You know, that, that should not be the story. That should not be the story of tonight. And nobody was really good offensively uh, to that extent. Josh Giddey had six points on 20, uh, 21% shooting. Uh, Brown did a good job, again, taking away the paint and the floaters that Josh Giddy likes to get to. Baisley, 10 points on 37% shooting. Dort, only 15 minutes of 10 points on 30, 37% shooting as well. JRE played 15 minutes, and it was because Mark wanted to try out a spark and try to get bigs, bigs in there that might produce something else against the kind of bigger Mavericks lineup. And so even in only 15 minutes, though, Jerry's one of the better players uh, he had in this game. Uh, I think that like 10 points on, on 47% shooting from the floor and a rebound. Shea, 18 points, 40% shooting, kind of a herky-jerky game irritation uh, for Shea in terms of when he was subbed in, when he wasn't subbed in. But ultimately, Shea did not look himself in this game. And I, I think that there's also herky-jerky reactions about Shea's uh, season so far. He's had some some stretches where he's not looked like Shea. He's also had a lot of stretches where he does look like Shea. So I think that there's no uh, real reason to panic about Shea's game offensively this year. He's trying different things. He's trying to develop develop his game more. And if it takes a step back in the box score, but ultimately takes a step forward in his mind of what he can and can't accomplish offensively, then that's a win for the Thunder in a big way. And So there was a question asked after the game by somebody that uh, asked, asked Mark, you know, about Shea's recent struggles, and Mark was quick to push back on that and said, look, he just came off of you know three, four games where he was he was dominant, uh, and he had a couple couple non-characteristic games for him in his last two outings, and we'll see what he does against New Orleans on Wednesday. I think that Shea's frustration after the game came from the fact that they just did all the things I just said. Can't get in rhythm offensively, even against Dallas, uh, and he did not play particularly well uh, for his standards, and they're very high standards for a player who's a top 25 player in this league and who – is being put in that Dame tier by other GMs. And I I think that he wants to get back on track and just light this game up. And whenever you don't do that as a player of his caliber, it has to be frustrating. It has to be frustrating because you know, and you understand, Hey, I can do way better than this and you're just not doing it. And for somebody who cares and somebody who wants to be the best ever, as Shay said multiple times, in that GQ article, it's going to frustrate you anytime you have a good night. And, And Sunday was not his best night at the office. And he knows that. And everybody knows that. So he can still uh, go a long way. And this game was the most frustrating game for me to, to watch this season. Uh, and that's even including that Memphis game. Again, there's just no explanation for this. There's just no, there's no excuse. You know, I try to present both sides. I try not to uh, be somebody who hops on here every single day and kind of says, oh, this team is such an embarrassment and they're so bad and and they can't do anything right. And there's just, there's no counter argument to this game being anything other than frustrating and uh, a poor showing, like there's there's no there's no sort of bright side, so to say. There's no sort of context for this game. There was context for that Memphis game. There was context for uh, some other losses this year, but in this game, there wasn't. There's was just none. And so, hopefully, the Thunder can rebound against the Pelicans. But I do want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Built Bar, folks, let me tell you something. The holiday season is here, so grab a Built Bar. It's a protein bar, but it tastes just like a candy bar, and even better than a candy bar, actually. Built Bar. Is filled with so much holiday goodness with a ton of flavors and covered in chocolate. It's amazing low calories, low sugar, low uh, net carb, and low fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds like Canada, Montana, with delicious and healthy flavors with Built Bars. So many flavors to choose from. You've got mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, or peanut butter brownie. Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel, no matter if you're just sitting in line at the at the mall or battling mall shoppers or whatever the case is bill bar can give you that extra boost and let you go throughout the whole day. So throw one in your purse or your jacket pocket, and you never know when you're going to need a bill bar because it's the season of peace and love. Do not bring up your favorite bill bar flavors at a family gathering, because people are very passionate about their favorite flavors of so bill bar. Uh, they're fighting for it and things could get out of hand. Your friends with Santa will tell Santa, to put a few Bilt bars in your stocking with so many flavors. They uh, make some great Christmas mornings uh, for you and your family. want to cozy up with something warm folks here's a holiday secret for you i want you to dip your built bar into a piping cup of hot chocolate and let it melt a little bit to get your beverage that nice built bar flavor Uh, plus you'll have a melty built bar to go with it be sure to use a couple napkins though uh, with this tasty treat Uh, like the marshmallow treats around this time of year you know you've got the marshmallow uh, treats around this time of year with this season you like those well uh, you can get Pilpar puffs, which is that kind of marshmallow flavor through and through with delicious flavors and covered in chocolate and tastes so good. So go to com and use the code lock15, billbar.com, lock15, billbar.com, lock15, 15 com lock 15 pilparcom lock 15 15 percent off of your next order. Let's see right now also. But our good friends over at betonline.ag. Folks, there's a lot of sports coming up. I mean, a lot of sports. You've got the NFL wrapping up the regular season and then going into the postseason. You've got college football bowl games starting out this weekend. You have the NBA and especially NBA on Christmas, which is the biggest event of the year outside of the finals and the playoffs. Uh, you you have so many games that you're going to want to bet on and enjoy and, and kind of further your enjoyment of that you want to check out betonline.ag. It's the number one spot for sport action this year. So go over to the website. It's new and improved and sign up today. Whenever you sign up, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the code LOCKED ON. It's our code LOCKED ON. We'll give you that 50% welcome bonus from basketball to NHL to boxing to football. UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games do not wait. Take so advantage right now of these amazing offers for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. But online, your online sportbook experts. But online, where the game starts. But online, that AG promo code locked on 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, I want to thank you right now for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball your second listen, folks, go check out Locked On Bets, as I just told you about Bet online the AG. They're giving you free tips, free plays for you to go to Bet on the and win some money for free. They're on a hot streak right now. So go listen to Locked On Bets, free and available on all platforms every single day, just like this Locked on Thunder Podcast is every single day. So subscribe for free to both platforms, to both podcasts on all platforms that you listen to podcasts from. Now, Trey Man had a really nice step back three and he had 14 minutes of action, four points, three rebounds. Did not get a ton of run in this game because he was not he was not up to his standard groove that he was in. And again, it was a very high bar for a rookie. But still, he kind of got yanked a little bit and tried different things like Ty Jerome in this game a little bit that he, we haven't been seeing Ty Jerome uh, much lately. It's kind of been up and down for Jerome's minutes in this season. But Trey Mann, even on his misses, especially on that mid three though, you can see his step back creating space. You can see his... Ability to score and get creative, and, and it's just such a welcome sign for the Thunder to have a bucket getter, somebody who can truly go out there and create, not for others. You know, I mean, he can't create for others, but I'm just saying like his primary creation is not for others, it's for himself, and off of that comes creation for others. But to, but Trey Mann, being able to just go out there and get buckets, no matter the action, no matter the offense, no matter of the flow of the game, no matter the defenders, no matter anything, other than I'm just good at offense, is a welcome sign for the Thunder and a welcome addition to this Thunder group. Now. Uh, obviously he's a rookie. He'll have growing pains. He'll have stretches where he does not play as well as he's played in the last week. He's played very well this last week and market mitts. He'll have stretches where he goes back down to the blue, uh, even though it's fun to watch him play. And we all want to watch Ty Jerome play. I, I should say we want to watch Trey man play a lot more. Uh, there'll still be stretches where he goes down to the blue. And, and I think that we should all be prepared whenever the blue actually get into their season. Remember this is just a winter showcase portion. So these, these are like pool games for that winter showcase tournament that starts next week. In the G League, and then after the showcase tournament, the G League season really starts, so to say, because then you're going to stop stop these gaps, right? If you've noticed right now with the Blue, they're playing like Monday, and then they don't play again for two weeks. Those gaps and stuff shrink now after this after the new year, and in January they start playing a more routine schedule where you're playing two, three, four times per week. Obviously not four times, but you know, you know, two or three times per week where you're getting more and more opportunity to, to play with the G League team. And so at that point, there's no really an excuse not to send guys down to the blue and, and manage the rotations and minutes a lot uh, more efficiently for young players to grow and develop. So, I, so Trey Mann is not done with the blue, even though he's had a really good week. Uh, but I think that it won't really come to fruition until much of the new year comes around. So we'll see exactly how that goes uh, long term for the Thunder. But that's our show today. Make sure you come back. For tomorrow's podcast, we we'll talk about Pokushevsky being sent down to the G League uh, and much more about Stockwatch and things like that. It's going to be a fun episode. And then we're going to preview the Pelicans game as well, recap the Pelicans game. This week is a lot of fun stuff, such as draft check-in on prospects, so you don't want to miss that either. There's a lot of fun stuff to do, uh, so make sure you subscribe for free on all platforms. We'll be back all throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday after the Clippers game uh, to recap that one as well. So until then, be good and be good to one another. This has been Lockdown Thunder and on lockdown Podcast Network, your teams everyone.